The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We've got half the hosts of Webcology today. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And I'm afraid Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO is unable to join us today. He's got some, uh, well, some business to take care of. Um, but I am joined by our knowledgeable, affable, and super amazing producer, Webmaster Radio's head producer, Sir Brasco. Brasco, uh, welcome to the uh, co-host seat. Well, thanks a lot, Jim. By the way, I am sitting actually in the main studio chair, and Lewis is producing our program today. That's right, I am. You know, we uh, one thing I always forget to do that real radio people do is say thank you to you guys week after week after week and to all the people who help make these shows possible. So, uh, Lewis, uh, in advance, thank you, brother. No problem. And uh, George um, or, or Brasco... Um, yeah. Well, you know, thank you for all time. But we got a busy show today. It's been a crazy week. As always, there's tons and tons of stuff to talk about. But really, when you distill all the, uh, all the news that happened in the last week down, there's only three stories to deal with. And so we're going to knock them off one by one. Uh, we don't actually have a guest to sit in. Um, I guess the thinking is that th- these stories are just too big to have one guest talk about them. The first story <laughs> is breaking right now. It's only about 12 hours old, but it's come to light that Facebook hired New York PR firm, Burston Marcellus, to schlag Google. The second story is uh, happened this week. Google I.O., a Google conference where a lot of Google's new plans were, I guess not leaked, but announced to the world. And, of course, the third story is the uh, macro purchase, the massive purchase of Skype by Microsoft for $8.5 billion. So we're going to try to hit these stories one by one, try to make sense of what is, well, really what's dominating discussion in the tech world right now. It's uh, top of the hour, Thursday, the 12th of May. And, Brasco, I've got to, I mean, you know, you and I have jumped back and forth on politics you're off somewhere on the right, I'm off somewhere on the left, but I think we can both agree that of all the sleazy-ass things we've seen happen politically, something that happened in the tech industry, the story that's breaking right now, well, I mean, this, from where I'm sitting, this, uh, this takes a, 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 this is sleazy, OMG. Frasco, what do you think about Facebook hiring a PR firm to slag Google? Well, what's the motivation behind this? What's their motive? That's what I understand. What I mean, Facebook and Google are two kind of somewhat different entities. I mean, it's you you know, it doesn't make sense for two of the two of the most profitable companies in tech to go ahead and like butt heads with each other. I mean, 
they're not necessarily the same business model, not necessarily the same uh, trying to go after each other, I guess. Well, in a way, I think they are almost in the same business model now. See, Facebook is there, much like Google is there, to serve ads. They're there to make money. And the only way either of these companies make any money is through conserving, through serving contextually relevant advertising. But that's the only place where it comes from. I mean, I can see Google having uh, having animosity because they've tried certain projects to create social networks that could go head-to-head with Facebook that have not worked out. But yes, the advertising, absolutely. Well, what, what, what I think Facebook is so worried about, and I think Facebook has reason to be worried, you, you know Google's development strategy has always been this shotgun thing where they stick you know, a whole bunch of ideas in the shotgun and blast it up against the wall and they see what sticks, what's actually going to work. They have um, 25,000 employees, each of whom have that mythical 20% time to invent something cool and new. You know, From that, we get Google Maps, we get Gmail... And we got the dog named Orchid, Google's last major attempt at uh, at social networking. Uh, we've also had, you know, the the, the other Google products. Um, uh, Buzz. <laughs> geez, I can't even remember the name of them. It's been so long since I've actually used them. Mm-hmm. But Google's failed at social networking pretty much every time. They are trying something new, which um, has actually come out from our next story, the Google I.O. conference, called Google Social Graph. And one of the ways that Google compiles information for their quote-unquote social graph is, well, by scraping content off of Facebook pages. Facebook was apparently angry that Google's trying to cut their grass with their own data and engaged in, well, what is now looking to be a very clumsy schmear campaign. Um, honestly, I think uh, I think this shows that Facebook is worried about Google. Yeah. What? All that analysis, and I just get a yeah. I had to think about that for a second, there, bro. I know, I know. Oh, you got all those all those whirling no, you know what it is? dials and fun things in the studio. You're distracted, aren't you? No, I have chat room opened up, and I also just pulled up. Uh, Stuff on the I.O. conference. I wanted to get some more information because you're already getting to that. I'm like trying to juggle, juggle, juggle. So, Okay, well, I want to get to the I.O. conference in a few minutes. But again, oh, right, I right. want to just poke this around a little bit. Um, the story was broken by Daily Beast reporter Dan Lyons. And uh, by the way, Dan Lyons is a very is a totally credible reporter. Uh, Dan's published in Wired Magazine. I've seen his byline in the New York Times. I've seen him. I've seen him published in the Atlantic. Um, the man is a credible, hardworking journalist, and he's clearly worked to try to nail this story down. He's actually ended ended up getting quotes from the PR firm Burston Marceller and from Facebook, confirming that this yes, in fact, this is a real story. Now, according to Facebook. The reason it hired Burston Marcellus is it really does believe Google is doing some stuff in the social networking arena that raises privacy concerns. And according to a Facebook spokesperson, because Facebook presents Google's attempt to use Facebook data in creating its own social networking services. Funny how they call this a whisper campaign. Well, indeed, I... 
And I guess all it is right now is a whispering campaign because no one actually wrote about it. They approached um, Kristen Marcella, approaches a blogger, Chris Sogian, and they wanted they wanted Sogian to write a op-ed piece about how Google is invading people's privacies. I mean, it's got there's a small hint of irony here, given that it's Facebook talking about Google invading people's privacies. I guess, you know, Google scrapes it where uh, we just give it to Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> Here's my question, Jim. I have to ask this now. Since yeah. it's being said the stories are negative, um, does Google put their lawyers together and say, let's see if they're doing anything where they're actually, you know, slandering us at all? A lawsuit might result of the uh, as a result. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. We know that Google monitors everything to do with Google. I mean, we here at Webmaster Radio know full well that Google is listening to this and all Webmaster Radio programs via bots. <clears throat> and yeah. when the right keywords are triggered, they start listening. We know this. We've seen them react to our programming before, like instantly react to our programming. Um, Google monitors everything to do with Google. So if there is a actionable campaign out there, then yeah, I think, you know, weighing the pros and cons, Google might go after it. But when you're a company the size of Google, A, you expect people to take pokes at you, and B, you got to choose your battles wisely. In some cases, making a case out of being slagged or slandered um, well, that just gives the story more legs, and it just, you know, sometimes you can let a slag go, and it'll just die away into the ether that is the internet, and some, and if you make a big deal out of it, sometimes you just give that story legs, and it, 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 it takes on a life of its own. So I think Google would want to play something like this really carefully. But what happens uh, is Facebook just failed at trying to do something here. Google looks really good after this. I know, and you know what, I think what Google should do is keep giving this story legs, certainly. Promote the hell out of this story. Facebook tried to hurt us, but it already you know, has. It made USA Today's, uh, you know, paper. I mean, God, it's on. It's a nationwide story now. I mean, you oh, got this, this is, blog this post. This national story. This is. Oh yeah, the two largest tech firms, two of the largest tech firms in the world, going toe to toe, slugging it out. They should have just separated um, each other. Why don't they just make their own money and quit worrying about trying to fight with each other? Honestly. Well, I think, you know, you might even look at this as part of a much larger battle. Yeah. The web as we know it is changing. It's changing really rapidly. And in some ways, I sort of see Google representing the old web, the one that's based on texts, links, images, videos, and such. The one that's a very open circuit. On the other hand, I sort of see Facebook representing the direction the web is going into. Very privatized, closed garden, um... You hold your data within your own system. It's not shared in the open environment. Um, Facebook, in fact, may be, an ex- may be in and of itself the most uh, well, without meaning to be. I don't think it's Facebook's purpose to be, but I think Facebook is what the web will, will resemble if net neutrality is not enshrined in legislation. We'll have a whole bunch of closed gardens to which we're subscribers, but there's not going to be a lot of cross-pollination. 
any cross-pollination that does happen will be much like the deal between Facebook and Bing or the deal between Twitter and Google. So I think what we're seeing between Facebook and Google right now has to be looked at in a much larger context. This is how the... Uh, this is part of the evolution of the web. And if Facebook wasn't so damn clumsy in their sabotage attempts, we may well be reading today about how Google invades people's privacies. See, and the funny part is usually like Google tries to go in and tries to attempt to like maybe buy a company, and then you know they always try to go and go on the attack when they're trying to make inroads on a company. But when has Google ever gone after Facebook? I don't. I, I don't think they have. I mean, like, I didn't mean to call it the evolution, Christine. <laughs> Christine, uh, Christine Sasson just posts in the, uh, in the in the in the in the chat room. I don't. I think we should not call Facebook the evolution. A walled web is not an inevitability, and I agree with her. It's an it's I, an evolving well, social media device. Yeah, but again, it's. Platform. The web as we know it go where the users go. That, that's that been more than a rule of thumb. It's been the rule of development for the last 25 years. Wherever the users go, that's where we developers, we SEOs, um, we web marketers, that's where we're going to be going. And right now, the energy is in social networking, and the poster, poster child of social networking is Facebook. Um, yeah, it's not... The best option. It's I don't <laughs> I don't think it's the hmm. direction that that many people who are interested in a free and open web want to see the web going. But you know I'm not a big fan of nuclear weapons, but I have to acknowledge they exist. Similarly, I'm not a big fan of the direction Facebook is taking the web, but you know one has to recognize that's the direction it's going in. You think there's a jealousy because of the accessibility that you have with a Facebook or a Twitter as opposed to, to Google? Because, I mean, how many people are on their smartphones now? And how many people have smartphones today? That's a growing number. And you see people posting away, and they know, you know what, when they're on their phones, because most cases they're on their phones more than they're going to be on their home, your, you know, their desktops or their laptops, which are just, you know, set in one space. If you're moving around somewhere, you're going on to Facebook, you're going to Twitter, and you're doing a lot, you're putting a lot more content up there. You're engaging more on those sites than you are so much on Google searching for stuff. I think it's because Facebook gives us everything um, on a personal level that the web was supposed to be in the first place. Facebook is one of the greatest communication devices, like ever. One push yeah. the button, and I'm automatically communicating with 956 people. I think it's 956 today. My numbers have been going up and down. Who, in turn, will take that message and send it off to X number of other people. Um, because of Facebook, four years ago, I got to spend New Year's Eve with people I went to kindergarten with. Um, because of Facebook, I now know what's happening with everybody in my family including you, nephew Tyler. I'm watching your Facebook stream, so careful what you post there. Um, because of Facebook, I'm able to share images and videos and all sorts of stuff quite easily without uh, the trouble of actually building a web page. Um, Facebook is phenomenal, 
And I think its rise in popularity is because it honestly, it gives the people every, at their fingertips, it gives their users every communication point of access they want all in one little universe. Um, now, it doesn't get you to the great world wide web, the open space. But if you find something that's interesting in that open space, you can post it up in Facebook and everyone will see it. Um, now, I want to talk about the scandal, but I guess we ended up talking more a little bit about Facebook. And it's, uh, well, it's approaching 20 minutes after the hour. We had three stories. Three divided by 60 equals 20. So I guess that's about as far as we can go with this one. <laughs> Friends, stick around. We're going to be talking about um, the Google I.O. conference and also talking about the Microsoft purchase of Skype. But before we get there, we've got to take these messages here on Webmaster Radio. So this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always and um, Brasco in uh, the studio at webmasterradio.fm. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Welcome to LPO. LPO. Landing page optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. LPO, landing page optimization. Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Coffee here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, May the 12th, at about 21 minutes after the hour. We're moving into the second of three segments on this show. Uh, Christine, I'll find a link for you, but I want to get through this segment first. Um, Brasco, you've been paying a lot of attention to the Google conference, Google I.O. There's been some uh, pretty funky announcements that's come out of Google I.O. Why don't you update us on, on some of the stuff you've read or heard? Okay, so what I did do was um, I spent quite a bit of time watching. Um, oh goodness, let me go back over here. All right, so what I did spend some time doing was um, I did look into the uh, into quite a bit of the video footage that was going on with it, and the first day you saw quite a th- few things that were going on in terms of um, 
Let me pull this up here. Uh, well, so what happened was, I know the first thing that we're talking about was the development of the Android processing or the operating system. So they're going to be going into um, 3.1 is what the deal is. Uh, let me go ahead and pull the Android, system. just for, for listeners who um, have been living under a rock or don't have mobile devices, Android is the operating system that runs uh, Google's phones, that runs uh, basically Google's cell phones. Yeah, a few of the things that came up so far was they had some new tools, a, little, a new application engine tooling for Android, which gives Android developers new tools to easily build cloud-aware applications. Um, they have something now, a new API, it looks like, that makes web fonts faster with text equals parameter. Peer to peer NFC coming to Android. Um, new screen reader for Chrome and Chrome OS. They have plugins, whatnot. And then the one thing that was most, that, that got to me, that a lot of Android announcements the first day. And then the second day was the announcement of the Chromebook. And it's their own, like, a version of a laptop. Um, the deal is, they, Samsung and Acer will be making the, the Chromebooks. They'll be available for June. Uh, they'll be available June fifteenth for consumers, businesses, and schools, and seven countries. And I think, if I'm right, at SCS, I think Brian Ushery showed me one of those because he was one of the first people to um to get one of those. Like he was yeah. one of the, he had a beta version of that. He had one of the first uh, versions of the Chromebook I saw. That's a sweet looking machine. Absolutely. What and the price point is about three hundred dollars a unit. So it's um four twenty nine. Starting at four twenty nine. Okay, so it's affordable. Oh yeah. It's got a great background uh, operating system. It's part of uh, Google's cloud computing efforts. And this one is most interesting. I mean, Google is using the internet itself as the operating system for its cloud efforts. Um, that's. Uh, <laughs> That must have a lot of people really spooked. Yeah. That must have a lot of people really spooked. I imagine it has uh, the music industry pretty spooked. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Uh, Forgot about that. Uh, the fact that um, they also created their own music service uh, in the Android market. I downloaded the, uh, the the music player that they made for it, which is nothing more nothing more special than I've seen of any other music players that are available, you know, if you just download it off your phone. But I'm waiting for the actual, their, like, their new store, which will compete with Amazon and iTunes, their own music store will be made available. And I think while it's in beta, any of the music you download is free, which is kind of nice. Which is kind of nice, which is also kind of something to cut the feet out of, from out from under Apple. Um, incidentally, Christine, if you're still listening... Here's another example of Google moving into the closed web. See, Apple's great strategy, Apple's most brilliant strategy, was to create a closed garden network. iTunes is, you know, closed garden. Most things for the iPod, closed garden. Apple systems, not open source, closed garden. And Apple, Apple's great strength was to build products and then to build the stores that service those products. And it looks like Google is stealing a page from the from the uh, Apple playbook. Right. Um, the music service has me most interested because I think of all of Google's plans, 
this is likely the most immediately disruptive. Hmm. So, Google is clearly signaling that they're moving into the clouds and trying to bring users with them. There's talk of a new Google social network. They're distributing their own laptops and for a couple of years have been distributing their own phone systems. And, uh, well, now we see other players in, uh, in tech going after them. Do you think, uh, Brasco, that there's a little bit of reaction happening in, on Google's part here? Are they looking at what other tech firms are doing and uh, really trying to save the foundation of their own business? I don't even know if it's a matter of saving the foundation of their own business. I mean, look, there's other, there's other companies that are coming in. You know, but I don't think they're going after the actual basis of what Google does. I mean, they're advertising. You know, AdSense is still, you know, the king. I mean, people, you know, everything's just reliant on to, you know, you have other search engines going against you. You have other platforms that are doing certain things that maybe Google can't do. Google's just a large company. And there's, there are certain things that maybe, that, you know, when you narrow, narrow down what they do on certain things, you know, we always said that, you know, there's certain projects they do that they're not as good at because, you know what, it's only so much resources, so much time that's being spent on it. So, you know, they're going to have to get to a point where, guess what, you know, uh, there was Skype and there's Google Talk. There's a, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, it's, is it really something that they need to be worried about? I mean, I'm running right now, I'm reading a story about um, on CNN. Uh, there's a story this morning that they put out why Google does not own Skype. And the whole idea is that they talked to Wesley Chan, who's in charge of Google Voice, which is still in uh, development. And they're talking about, you know, instead of going ahead and trying to create something yourself, why don't you buy Skype? And they're making the fact that the matter is that, you know what, if Google were to buy Skype, they would have to rewrite the entire platform. They would have to, you know, have an extensive review process for the government, the FCC, the Department of Justice. Like, all the paperwork, all the legal mumbo-jumbo they'd have to worry about to going after companies that are doing it, that's what they do it themselves. And if they're not doing it well, well, there you go. Well, you know, the other reason that Google didn't buy Skype is because Balmer didn't let them. Google tried to buy Skype. So did Facebook. There's, uh, there was, and I want to get to this in our next segment. I don't want to go too far down this road right now, but yeah. um, Google did try to buy Skype. It just failed. I think had they had the chance, they would have. And it, again, it just strikes me. And again, I, I, I really want to talk about the Microsoft purchase of Skype because I do think that's a game changer in the industry. It's uh, this is going to be one of those sleeping, sleeping issues that we won't know is about to hit us until actually until it hits us. And you know, I told you before that we got on the air. Do you realize how much? You know, Microsoft they spent a hefty price to get this because of how much Skype's. Uh, you know, business, uh, how the value of the company has inflated in three years. Because it was only three years ago it was purchased for $2 billion by uh, Silver Lake, the investor group, when they bought that from eBay. And so in just that short amount of time, Skype's done a whole lot more to update their platform. They've done a lot of uh, modifications to improve their product. And wow, that's a lot of money to spend for that. Well, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? Forget it. We're into the Skype story now. We may as well jump there. Um, when Skype was sold, when eBay bought Skype back in 2005, I'm getting this off of a, a story from Business Insider today by Pascal Emmanuel Gorby. 
Um, I'm going to throw the link up in the chat room. I think there's some uh, interesting numbers here. Um, first off, contextualization. Uh, again, friends, for those of you who haven't been paying attention to the news in the last week, on Tuesday, it was announced that Microsoft was spending $8.5 billion in cash, largest deal in Microsoft's history, largest acquisition of Microsoft's um, 35-year history, $8.5 billion cash to purchase Skype. Now, when according to uh, the, the, the Business Insider article I'm looking at right now, when eBay bought Skype back in 2005, they paid $45.60 per user. Today, There's so many more users on Skype that even though Microsoft paid a lot more than uh, $2 billion, which is what eBay paid in 2005, Microsoft paid like four and a half times that. They're only paying $14.70 per user. Oh. So think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Skype is the world leader in telephony products right now. When it comes to facilitating a voice chat, a conference call, a video call, or even this radio show right now, which is being conducted over Skype, mm-hmm. Skype is the world leader. It's indispensable in the tech community. 170 million connected users and they used over 207 billion minutes of voice and video in 2010 alone. Yeah, and that's, those are phenomenal numbers. Now, think about all the people with iPhones or Android phones, Apple's product, Google's product, who have Skype on their phone. Mm-hmm. For $14.70 per user, Microsoft has just established a direct relationship with those Apple product users and those Google product users. Microsoft has wormed its way into its biggest rival's operating systems. And if anyone remembers the drama from the 1990s and the the early 2Ks, it's all about owning the operating system or being in the operating system. But doesn't this separate away from... Microsoft now has a direct relationship with its two biggest rivals' customers. Now, wouldn't this be this this part of Microsoft's business? This will be more of the like a, a division that's not really part of the same area as the search engine division, right? The Bing division. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, look at look at look at look at Microsoft's other products. Microsoft rests on um, three, we'll say three and a half pillars. The first pillar is the operating system itself, the Windows products, Um, Windows Vista, Windows XP, Windows 2000, etc. The basic operating system is Microsoft's first uh, pillar of of business. The second one is the Office Suites, Uh, Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft PowerPoint, etc. The the third uh, pillar it stands on is its gaming division. Xbox, primarily. Now, Xbox users sitting around playing first-person shoot, first shoot-em-up games 
They're playing as teams. They need to communicate with each other. They often had Skype running in the background to communicate with each other. Yep. So now Microsoft has a product they can build right into Xbox. Um, similarly, when it comes to the productivity suites, their office products, I can't tell you how many times... And when I worked directly with Webmaster Radio, Brasco, you know how many times we had Skype open and we had uh-huh. our, our Word or Excel documents open, and we'd be having a staff meeting with people on all corners of the continent using our Microsoft products and our Skype product to facilitate the meeting. And we're taking away one step where on Skype we would normally have to try to add friends that we have from our Outlook engine, which they did create. Now you don't have to worry about that. Everything's all encompassed into one. Yeah, so I think you know, I think we can see this all as part of Microsoft's vision. Now, last week we had uh, we had my friend and business partner Alan Connect on talking about Google Voice Search, where you could just speak to your search engine, and yeah. it'll produce results for you. Now, there's not a crossover between the work on they've been doing with Google Talk and that kind of a service. Of course, there is. Similarly, there'll be a crossover for Bing uh, using Skype technologies. And the last thing I want to think—I want—I want you and the listeners to think about when you think about Microsoft buying Skype is how Skype itself works. It's really cool. Instead of like like instead of using a system like like the phone companies that have like central servers based on neighborhoods and then the big meta neighborhood, which is like your city, Skype uses a little bit of processing power off of all of its users. It's distributed processing as opposed to central processing. One of the reasons the big Skype outage happened a month and a half ago was um, Skype's routers went down, the ones that distribute the signal amongst 170 million or so computers at any given time. So for Microsoft, they purchased a product that isn't going to cost them any scalable resources. You already have it installed on your computer. Yep. And, the, and Skype, as a, as a function, is using a piece of your computer to get more bandwidth. Microsoft has now bought this, and it doesn't have to purchase uh, you know, some old high school in... Uh, Walla Walla, Washington, to convert into a new into a new super a new server farm. Yep. It's a it's a brilliant purchase for for Microsoft. Um, think about it being distributed through the Xbox networks. Now, all of you, all of you super black hats, think of a gajillion ways to hack this because I know you're gonna. Um, <laughs> so, people, be aware of that. Um, Microsoft, as well as making a really smart buy has likely opened a whole host of security issues, too. That's one thing that we definitely got to think about in this purchase, given how important the Microsoft operating system is, really, to the functioning of the Internet. Anyway, I just think that's, I just think that's a, a phenomenally interesting purchase. Um, the only concern I have, obviously, is that Microsoft is going to screw it up badly, like they screw up almost everything they touch. Well... I mean, the one thing they're going to get out of this is what they keep trying to do with every company they buy. Like when they, it's just with Skype, you know, you're just seeing more visibility, 
because I mean, look on game shows. Who wants to be a millionaire? I see now them using Skype. I see CNN yesterday. I was watching them doing a segment called the Stream Team, and they had several different you know panelists talking about a subject, and both of them were connected via Skype. One in a high school, and Roland Martin, one of their analysts, that was in a baseball field, mm-hmm. and we're connected on Wi-Fi, and you know. Even pro- and I bet you news organizations more television is going to be used. Television is going to try to use this kind of sp- this working more. I guess my only question at this point is: Will Microsoft try to add its name to Skype and try to maybe call it Microsoft Skype or something? How they might rebrand it or something like that, or the, will they just like not touch the Skype name and just incorporate it into their own products and continue to help those and continue to service the non uh, Microsoft platforms? Well, and on this one, uh, Balmer has been dancing. Um, he's been dancing around the issue, so to speak. But I think um, if he's if his latest word is to be absolutely trusted, the answer is no. Microsoft isn't going to screw around with Skype too much because they know that Skype in an, is in and of itself a uh, well, it's, it's, it's succeeding in its present form. Um, there's a very good chance that we'll see a number of different versions of Skype. One of them is the one that we use daily, but the other ones will be Skype technology built into other Microsoft products. But again, thinking about the number, $14.70 per user, and their opportunity to be sitting on the um, basic desktop operating system of iPhones and Android phones, I don't see them uh, messing about too much, at least not in the beginning. But you're right, Brasco. Microsoft has this nasty habit of trying to rebrand their own acquisitions in their image. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, they haven't really screwed around with Yahoo too much. Not yet. Not yet. By Not the way, do you yeah, also notice... Um, word here. You also notice uh, the CEO for Skype also stays on board and he takes over the division, So, which is actually a kind of smart move, I would think. I would think so too, but then again, that may well be a standard. That may well just be part of the standard acquisition thing, where you keep the leadership on for um, several months or several years to ins- or several years to ensure a smooth transition of technology and personnel. Yeah. Um, I think that the uh, CEO of Skype must be smiling a "I just got really rich" smile this morning. Tony Bates, yes. I know I would be. Um, <laughs> You know who else is, is smiling a, oh my goodness, we just got really rich smile? Every Canadian. Because in the most recent Skype uh, series of, of, of uh, purchases and acquisitions, when eBay sold it to private interests, one of those private interests was the publicly held Canada Pension Plan. So on behalf of 36 million Canadians, I just want to say to uh, Steve Ballmer from the bottom of our hearts and the bottom of our wallets dude thank you so now thank they're you, thank they're, you that's 8.5 <laughs> billion in our retirement plans you rock now on that pension fund is that the value of the stock or the value of the of the purchase well i think uh, actually you're right it, um, i was jumping the gun on saying 8.5 billion because the canadians don't get all of that money i think we're i think that the Canada Pension Plan held about sixteen percent interest in Skype. So, you also, 8, you also 16% have to percent of eight point five billion is still enough to uh, keep us from putting our elders on the ice floes when they get old. 
And unfortunately, not to go political, but uh, you know, thanks to our wonderful president, weakening our dollar doesn't help you guys much either. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's just gloat. For the very first time, for the very first time in, in, in at least in uh, in my adult <laughs> lifetime, um, the purchasing power of the Canadian dollar very much exceeds the purchasing power of the American dollar. For um, company, for SEO and SEO firms, that's kind of a problem in Canada. Because we've always been able to give our American clients what amounted to a 10 to 15% discount. Um, that's over. And as a matter of fact, we're, we have to charge slightly above mm-hmm. just to make up that loss. Um, that's a little difficult. Um, yeah, so if I want to go I, grab some Tim Hortons, I have to pay a little more. I understand. Yeah, but you know what? It's still it's still substantially less than you'd pay at Starbucks, and let's face it, coffee for coffee, it's a better product. What I'm told. That's uh, <laughs> only folks in New York and Philadelphia can really appreciate that. I'm afraid because Starbucks or Tim Hortons hasn't fully penetrated the American market. But just like a bad Jim Carrey flick, we're coming for you too, and 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 we'll get you. We'll get your money, like all bad Jim Carrey flicks. Anyhow, it's uh, 43 minutes to the hour. I'm getting signaled from the guy beside you in the studio that we really should take a break, so I think we really should take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Sir Brasco in the WebmasterRadio.fm studios. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's Thursday, May the 12th. We're racing towards the top of the hour. Um, we've, well, we pretty much worked through Facebook trying to slay Google via PR firm and getting their dumbasses caught doing so. Announcements coming out of the Google I.O. conference and Microsoft's record-breaking acquisition of Skype. Um, and again, I'd like to remind listeners that this show and many Webmaster Radio.fm uh, shows are conducted via Skype. I'm curious. Um, I'm actually, you know, I am really curious. Folks who are listening who are, who are um, participating in... <laughs> Participating in the chat room, um, do y'all use Skype? Is Skype uh, absolutely indispensable to you? I know that um, most businesses that I work with use Skype. Um, well, use Skype religiously. It cuts down. It cuts down their phone costs. It allows um, for video conferencing. And I, I am really concerned that that Microsoft is going to screw it right on up. I hope not. You know what it is? <laughs> Me <But> neither. <laughs> it comes to a point where Skype is now a necessity. It's a necessity. It's not something that we just... Right now, the, the thing about how much, you know, you know, we never talk about how Skype has affected, you know, you know, international long-distance, you know, carriers about the fact that they're losing, you know, pennies on a dollar because they're not getting a chance to go ahead and take advantage of, um, you know, the, first of all, the services might not be as good. You know, nobody wants to talk through by phone anymore or do conference calls in that matter when you can do a Skype call. And, you know, for most cases, you don't have to pay at all for it. If you use just going Skype to Skype or even just using it by phone because their prices are so much less. You know, the, the, the fabulous Karen Shelby, a.k.a. Seashell, is writing into the chat, into the chat room. Um, Hi, Seashell. Skype in phone number. Forwards to her cell. She can use it for friends overseas. Um, and uh, though, well, this is this is almost like discussing a person's age, but I'm not going to have a, though she doesn't actually live in downtown Chicago. She's, uh, she actually has a downtown Chicago phone number because of Skype in. You know, I envy that because here in Canada, my digital provider, Rogers, blocks Skype on my BlackBerry. I can't get it. It drives me crazy. So, where Skype is a phenomenal cost saver to people with, say, iPhones or um, Androids or Blackberries who aren't serviced by Rogers, I can't use it that way. It's, it's, it's uh, well, Brasco, another reason net neutrality rules must be, you know, so you can be advantaged by, you know, if you're possibly, you know, a part of that Canadian pension fund, make money off the sale, but then you can't full use it completely. That's great. Isn't that maddening? <laughs> At least, well, not be- because my specific data provider, Rogers, um, is also a major telco in Canada, and it doesn't want the competition. And there's no rules or traditions up here to stop them from blocking that signal. And see if you, you know, I know you. you we, we've even heard you talk about in the past your wonderful, your your fascination, your love for Rogers. Okay, 
And I'm oh, sure you yeah. could probably spend an hour talking about how wonderful they've been to you. I can go on, believe me, I can go on about <laughs> Rogers in the exact same vein I go on about Yahoo. Except I'm not laughing. I'm really, really, really am pissed off. Um, but I digress. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Screw Rogers. <laughs> I love having my, I love having my own radio show. Um, <laughs> if you're Canadians, uh, seriously, this is a class action suit. Stephanie with seashells writing in the chat, by the way. So she says she has a physical office downtown, but the Skype number is portable, so if I move office spaces, I don't have to change my phone number. Well, not just that. You know how many people want one of those coveted 212 numbers that say, I live in downtown Manhattan? Up in Canada, it's a 416. I want a 416 number. It says, I'm in downtown Toronto, and I've been there for a while. Um... I would say, Seashell, that having a downtown Chicago exchange show up as your um, in your phone number is is beneficial for yeah, uh, getting a three one two is quite beneficial for business. It shows that you've been established downtown for X number of years, or at least that's what it says. Um, I think uh, Google. Uh, oh, darn it. See, not being able to uh, enjoy these services up in Canada, I don't actually know the name. What's, uh, Brasco, what's Google's phone exchange service called? I don't know. Google Voice. Thank you, Seashell. And and it may be lame, it may not be lame, but they allowed people oh. to get um, specific telephone exchanges tied to their numbers. And there was, a, I, I even saw up on... Um, eBay and Craigslist, two one two one twos, up for sale. So will my will Microsoft kill this, um, or fundamentally alter some of Skype's better offerings? One of which is Skype in. Um, from my computer, I can use Skype as a telephone. It's just for my cell phone, I can't. So, and I'm using it. I have, I, have a, I have Skype for phone, which allows me to call any number in the world using my computer at, like, insanely low rates. Yeah, um, Jim, Skype sounds so good, and I'll tell you, it does really sound good. The only thing is that it is, uh, Skype works better than your computer itself, because I can still hear the creakety, 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 creakety of your processor going <laughs> in the background. I, well, I see I, you got... That's just a testament to the clarity of <laughs> Skype products. <laughs> They should pay us for this, eh? They really should. I see you got your computer back working again. I didn't realize I didn't ask you about that. Oh, what a nightmare. Um, it was the uh, it was the inverter that, that prevented me from seeing my screen. Go the buy a Chromebook. Always worked. Jim, I just wasn't Jim. able to see anything. Go buy a Chromebook. Seriously, 429 It's nothing. It'll be available next month. Do it. Oh, you know what? The moment the moment these things appear in Canada, I think anyone who's a web marketer has to get their hands on one. Um, we don't have time to get into this. Well, we might have time to touch on it. There's a debate happening over at Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, the extraordinary Barry Schwartz. You know, the, Barry Schwartz intelligently covers up to seven major stories a day. Like, that guy's just incredible. Anyhow, over at... Uh, over at Search Engine Roundtable today, there's a debate on personalization. Is personalization of search results a form of censorship? Well, for web marketers, 
personalization of results has been uh, pre- has presented a number of difficulties. There's no longer one set of search results. There's now as many search results as there are Google users. Knowing that Google is, knowing some of the changes that are happening at Google and how they're um, storing and presenting search results and information about the individual receiving those results, I think every search marketer wants to get their hands on a Chrome computer. Very badly. Oh, yeah. And, you know, start conducting searches there and um, using their other other computing devices. Because I'm betting that... Um, the device you search on is also going to be a factor in personalization in the future. Especially as people, you know, move towards... One of, one of, one of Google's big pushes, um, starting with the Gmail system and tying Gmail, your Gmail login to your AdWords and Google Analytics and other Google services, you know, they have the, the one universal login, is customer loyalty keep people coming back again and again and again using the same login to take advantage of uh, the dozen of the dozen or so indispensable service Google offers. The Chromebook and the Chrome operating system has to be thought of as part of that greater Google ecosystem. And with the Chromebook, it's likely that Chromebook users are going to be drawn into other Google products, which will affect the way they relate to the web and the way they conduct searches and the way data is collected about the searches they conduct. It's going to, if the Chromebook totally takes off and becomes another popular line of internet access and computing devices, then I think SEOs have to start paying attention to the effect that the Chromebook has on user behavior and the effect that behavior has on personalized search results. Well, that was a lot just off the top of my head. What I can I I'm I'm not well read enough on this. I'm sorry. I'm not Dave Davies. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay, bro. It's okay. You know what? That's fine because we've worked our way to the top of the hour, so there wasn't much time for you to make a uh, to you make a comment anyway. It. And um, Christine Christine writes in. Let's hope people reject it. Cloud computers are bad for users. Yeah, but they're great for the bottom line of the. Of, of data pro- of uh, companies that have to store and process a hell of a lot of data, um, and I don't know. I'm relying on cloud computing in so many different ways. Salesforce is totally in the clouds. Um, Gmail totally in the clouds. These things are wonderful and portable, and I can use any computing device to access them anywhere in the world. Uh, and that's the beauty of the clouds. I can store a whole bunch of stuff in them. At the same time, major security risk. And I, you know what? Read the chat room, folks. Because um, Christine is flipping out in the chat room about how, uh, well, cloud computing <laughs> is bad for users. And if you can't read the chat room, check out Search Engine Watch in the next couple of days. 
uh, Christina's publishing an article on cloud computing. Um, hee what big love to you. Quote from the chat room, anyway, people are stupid. We've, we've done it. We've reached the top of the hour. Amazing, huh? Um, friends, this has uh, been kind of a rambling show, but it's been a fun. I did test one. Uh, it's Thursday, May the 12th. You've been listening to WebCology on Webmaster Radio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, who couldn't be here because he had business to conduct. And um, Sir Brasco, head producer of Webmaster Radio.fm, and today's co-host sitting there in the studio in Fort Lauderdale. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I want to thank Lewis for, uh, for producing the show. I want to thank everyone for jumping in the chat room. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Stay tuned to Webmaster Radio. We've got some great content coming up. And WebCology will be back live next week. <laughs>